Well, uh, probably like me, many of you have been struggling to sleep this week. Okay, last night I found it particularly difficult. So um, we, we give you uh, a pr- uh, permission if you feel you need to sleep. <laughs> so Addy doesn't normally need it, but, 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 but uh, you have permission if you feel you need to shut your eyes as well. So, I mean, it would probably be my task to keep my eyes open, but... Uh, This morning we're going to look at a very uh, well-known parable. It's a parable about the wise and foolish builders. Uh, I've given it, though, a title, Christ, Our Foundation. So I'd like us to turn to Luke chapter 6, and we're going to read from verses 46 to 49. Jesus says this to those who are listening on, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been built well, been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. It's a well-known parable, well-known story. Many of you probably who grew up in Sunday school or went to Sunday school probably know the song, The Wise Man Built His House Upon the Rock. Now, I've got a choice for you this morning. Either I could sing it. (coughs) I don't think that would go down well. We could have the children sing it. Or Isaac or somebody at the back. Is it Nick who's going to play a video for me. I thought Isaac was... <laughs> Not me singing. <laughs> the wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man like. built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rain came tumbling down. Floods came up. The rain came down and the floods came up. The rain came down and the floods came up. But the house on the rock stood firm. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. Foolish man built his house upon the sand And the rain came tumbling down The rain came down and the floods came up The rain came down and the floods came up The rain came down and the floods came up And the house on the sand fell flat Thank you. (laughs) We'll go on to the rest of that. Oh, probably a well-known parable. I could hear you singing it, and some of you are even doing the actions. Well done, well done. The context of this parable, that Jesus had been speaking to a great crowd. Lots of people had gathered around him. Disciples were among the crowd, as well as Jews and Gentiles. He finishes his teaching, taught many things. We're going to look at that a little bit later, but he taught many things. But he finishes his teaching by asking them this question. 
Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Jesus then goes on to tell them this parable to show them what it is like to not only hear the words of Jesus, but to do them. He is obviously concerned that he has all these people around him who are listening, many people following him around, listening to his teaching, but not putting them into practice. They were hearers of the word, but not doers of the word. The followers called him Lord in a recognition of him being a great teacher. But he was not Lord in terms of lordship, his lordship in their lives. I remember years ago when we used to call people, the pastors pastor. So we'd say Pastor Matt or Pastor Pete. And in the church I was in years ago, we were trying to get people to stop calling. Just call us, you know, I'm Peter. I'm not Pastor Pete. And practically everybody in the church, there was about 300 people in the church, everybody called me Peter, except for one person, one lady. She insisted on calling me Pastor Pete. And I would say she's one lady in the church who never really regarded me as her pastor. You see, she called me pastor, but she didn't receive me as a pastor. A pastor, and I, I've got, I know where I've got teachers in the room here, so you correct me if I'm wrong, but pastor is both a noun and a verb. Lord is both a noun and a verb. The question Jesus was confronting them with was, was Jesus Lord not as a noun, a title, just giving him a title, but a verb responding to his lordship? He was Lord. You see, lordship in their lives would have been reflected in a response to apply his teaching into their lives. And so Jesus used this parable to compare those people who acknowledge Christ's lordship into their lives as opposed to those who may recognize Christ's position of Lord but not his lordship. This parable is not referring to those people who are rebellious to Christ's teaching. They were, they were listening to Christ's teaching. They were referring to him as Lord. They may have agreed with his teaching. And perhaps maybe they've confused, uh, uh, confessed faith in his teaching, but have not built his teaching into their daily lives. So the story tells us about two builders, two men who built houses. So I've just got three simple headings for your notes, those who like to have headings for your notes. The foolish builder, the wise builder, and how do we build strong foundations? So the foolish builder. We've got a picture of, we've got the picture? Somebody built their hand, house on the sand. Didn't do well, did it? It didn't do well. One was a foolish builder. He built his house on the top of the ground. And in Matthew 7, which is a, a parallel passage, Jesus said he built his house on the sand. This man did not dig deep foundations, virtually no foundations at all. He didn't bother to put the effort into his building that would have helped his house to stand in the time of, of the storm. It's not that the house wasn't built. He built a house. It was there. It was there to, to see it probably looked good on the surface, but it had no foundations. Jesus says this is like someone who professes faith in Christ, perhaps joins a local church. They associate with believers. 
And when things are going well with their lives, it can all look good. All look good on the surface. Like the house. The house was built. It may have looked really good on the surface. And very often it would be difficult to separate them from those Christians who are building wisely. I don't know. If, I know some of you recently went to Venice, and a number of you have probably been to Venice at some time or other. You will see a city with incredible architecture, beautiful buildings, a unique and beautiful city, very unusual with all its canals and its marvellous buildings. And people travel all over the world to see it. But this impressive city that looks great on the surface is slowly sinking into the sea. Venice is a city with little or no foundations. Looks good on top, but it's fragile down below. And there are many people who sadly leave the church, and I don't mean this church or a particular church, but the church universal, they leave their faith. And we might wonder why. Why did that happen? It seemed to look good on the surface. It seemed to look as though they were walking with God and they were doing well, but they've left the faith. Maybe their lives were admired by others in the church. Yet when the trials of life came, when the storms of life came, when there were challenges to their faith, they were unable to stand because they hadn't built the foundations. The reason in many, maybe in all cases, is because they didn't dig deep enough foundations. They didn't apply Christ's teaching or they were selective in applying his teaching. It's not that they didn't build a house. It's not that they weren't here. It's not that they didn't come and listen. But the house was not built firm enough, strong enough to withstand the storms of life. Notice in this parable that Jesus doesn't say, maybe, or if a storm comes. He says, when it comes. When it comes. We're not promised as Christians an easy life. Sometimes I've had people say to me, I became a Christian, I did particular areas of suffering. We're not promised that. In fact, D.A. Carson says you only have to live long enough to experience trials and suffering. That's all you have to do, live long enough. The storms of life will hit all of us at some time or other. And it will hit us in varying and different ways. But those who have not embraced and applied the teachings of Jesus will struggle to stay parable is speaking of. Now that was the foolish man. Now let's turn our attention to the wise man. The wise builder. So we have a picture of the wise builder, his house. Uh, I wanted to try and find a picture that showed a rock. Because most houses, you can't see the rock. <laughs> you just see the house on the top. So I thought it was quite an interesting one. Uh, interesting way of actually getting to the house. Uh, those of you who have dogs who are worried about the dogs running away wouldn't have a problem. Um, but it's, it's an unusual house. This man, this wise builder, in contrast to the foolish man, this man digs strong foundations and has built his house on the rock. His foundations were strong, as we saw in, that little, in, our, in our song. Storms came, the floods came up. When the floods came up, the house stood firm. The floods came. His house was able to withstand the forces that were coming against it. 
Now, in contrast to Venice, some of you may have been to New York and seen these incredible skyscrapers. Gives you neck ache just to actually look up and see them. You know, it's incredible. Um, and, and you think, wow, how, how do they withstand storms? They're so tall, they're so incredible. You know, you see the Empire State Building and you can see the building go up and then you see clouds and then you can see the building again on top. I mean, it's that tall. It's an amazing sight. Why don't they topple over? Why doesn't when the storm has come hit them? Well, the reason is they have foundations that go really deep. I read that in case of the Empire State Building, it has 56 foot of foundations. Some of you will know the Twin Towers of Malaysia and Kuala Lumpur. That has 400 foot, 400 foot of foundations to ensure that whatever took place, that building would stand. And applying Christ's teaching, making his word the foundation of our lives is necessary if we want to stand firm in the day of the storm. These two men, both listening to Christ's teaching, neither of them rebelling against the teaching, but one man, though, did not build on his life, his life on Christ's teaching. And so when trouble came, his house or his life crumbled. The other man not only heard what Jesus taught, but he also built his life upon Christ's teaching. And as a result, when the trouble, time of trouble hit him, his foundations enabled him to stand. So there we have the contrast of the wise builder and the foolish builder. The foolish builder we looked at first and then the wise builder. So thirdly, how do we build strong foundations? In both Matthew 7, which is a parallel passage to Luke 6, Jesus is speaking of building foundations in speaking of building foundations, it's talking about those foundations being his teaching. But Jesus is teaching them more than morals. He was not, he's not concerned about teaching them to become good moralists. It is more a matter of not just building on Jesus' teaching, but building our lives on Christ himself. Jesus' teaching has practical expressions of how but his teaching is essentially about himself. To put into practice his words will cause us to believe that he is who he says he is and we could trust him and we could take hold of his words and we could turn from our sin to have faith in him. See, Jesus himself is to be our foundation. And it's important that we don't think that we can have Christ's teaching without Christ. If we want to build strong foundations, we need Christ and his teaching. But we also need to guard against the opposite error in thinking we can have Christ without his teaching. We can't have Christ's teaching without Christ and we can't have Christ without his teaching. The two things go together because his teaching is about him. It's wrapped up in him. He is the way, the truth, the life. Our foundations then will not only be built on Christ's teaching, but on Christ himself. 1 Peter 2, 6-7, we read, For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honour is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Jesus, 
Peter here is talking about Jesus being that cornerstone. The cornerstone that we build our lives upon. The cornerstone that the very church, the church of Christ, is built upon. It's built on Christ. It's built on him and his teaching. If you're going to build a house, you need to start with a cornerstone. If you don't start with the cornerstone, you can have a lot of problems. You put in the cornerstone and then you build around it. Jesus has become the cornerstone. Many people have rejected Jesus. They become the stone that the builders rejected. This sums up the true sense of Christ's teaching. If you want to stand firm to the challenges of life that come your way in this life, at last for eternity, we make Christ our solid rock. We base our lives, we dig deep into his teaching. We apply his teaching. Not like the story of the person who looks in the mirror, sees the face and goes away and forgets. We apply his teaching. One of the reasons we do what we do in our home groups is not just to take more word into our lives, but the word that is into our lives to put into practice, to apply it, to, to learn together how to apply it, how to put Christ's teaching into, and build it into our lives. We're going to sing, sing later the song, but my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness when darkness seems to veil his face, I rest. Where's our rest this morning? I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. According to Jesus, we cannot have his teaching without himself and we cannot have him without his teaching. We must have both if we are building strong foundations. And the context of this parable is also important to us. Always look at the context. The parable comes at the conclusion of Christ's teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. And Luke here gives us a shorter parallel version of Matthew chapters 5 to 7. And if we want to look at what Jesus had in mind when he talked about his teaching, when he gave this parable, we can look to Luke 6, verses 27 to 31 and 37 to 38. This is what Jesus had been teaching before he comes into this parable. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Then he goes on in verses 37 to 38. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it will be measured back to you. These are, this is just, just a flavor. just a flavor of what Jesus was teaching when he comes on to this parable, when he says about responding. He's saying, these are the things 
that we need to build into our lives. These are the things that need to uh, um, be built in so that we have firm foundations. And I would suggest to you, and certainly applies to me, that just applying these verses will give us, will give us a lot to get, getting on with in digging foundations. There's a lot in there just to apply. But building strong foundations takes a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. It's, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's not a, an easy job. It's not a simple job. It's not a one-day job. It's a lifetime's work. Wherever you are, wherever I am in our Christian walk, there's more that we need to move on into. There's always more that God wants us to grow in. It requires a lot of effort. It means taking up the cross, as we talked about last week, denying ourselves daily. And these things that Jesus had just taught were precisely the things he had in mind when he told this parable. He said earlier, we will experience trials. We will experience suffering. We all will have challenges to our faith and challenges to overcome. But only those who are building their lives on Christ and his teaching can experience, as Romans 5 verse 3 says, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we are peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoiced in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. So often when challenges of life come, when suffering comes, our first response is, oh Lord, get me out of it. We want to pray that the, the thing that's come upon me is removed. And yet Romans is saying that in suffering, we can rejoice in our sufferings, we can identify with Christ and his sufferings. And that suffering will produce endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. It's through the trials and through the challenges of life, when they come, that we're tested. And it's when we dig deep in our foundations in the word of God, and in Christ's word and upon Christ, that we were able to stand in those times. We cannot escape these things. But the solution is to build our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ and his teaching. When the rains fall and the floods and the storms of life hit us, the winds blow, our faith is challenged, he will hold us fast. We dig deep, he will hold us fast. It's more about him than about us. But he will hold us fast. Wonderful is this promise of Jesus is to those who build their lives on Christ that we've been talking about and that we'll be able to stand in the day of trouble. There is something even more significant in this passage here. Something more significant than just how we're going to deal with the storms of life. Leon Morris says this, When the final test comes at Judgment Day, it is the foundation on which our lives are built that matters. The words certainly have an application to the storms of this life. The person with a good foundation is not easily upset by life's difficulties, but it is the supreme final trial that is specially in mind. If you go back to this parable version in Matthew 7, that comes just before Jesus teaches this, this parable. Ultimately, 
Are we able to stand on the judgment day? Are our lives built upon Christ? Not just it has value and help for this life, but when that day comes, which is what Leon Morris is talking about here, how will we face the final trial? Our lives going to be built on Christ. Those who say, Lord, Lord, and hear and do the words of Jesus will reign eternally with Jesus Christ. I want to ask this morning, perhaps you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. Maybe you've heard Christ's teaching, but you're not putting that teaching into practice. Maybe you've been coming years, many, many years, but you're not putting that teaching into practice. Will you be able to stand, not just in the storms of life, but will you be able to stand at the judgment day? This is what Jesus was, 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 was talking about here. Not just, as Leo Morris says, it's a good foundation is not easily upset by life's difficulties, but it's the supreme final trial that is specially in mind. Jesus himself would invite you this morning to change. He would invite you to respond to his word, to recognize who he is, to build your life upon him and his teachings and turn to him, repent of sin and turn to him. To build your life on Christ and his teachings. You may look good on the outside. None of us ultimately know. I can't judge you. You can't judge me. We don't know. God knows. And it's important that for the final trial on the judgment day that our lives are built on Christ. To build your life on Christ and his teachings. The basis for eternal life is found in a personal saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. A Dr. H.A. Ironside, good name, that Ironside, don't know who he is, but he said this, we can't live the life until we first possess it. We cannot live this Christian life until we first possess it, we possess Christ. Christ is our personal saviour. He's not just Lord in name. It's not a title he's been given. Yes, I accept Jesus as Lord, but what about his teachings? What about his teachings? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the challenge your word has upon our lives. Lord, I pray that every single person in this room, no matter what age, will both build their lives on Christ and his teachings. The Lord will not be be swayed by thinking, well, I can recognise Jesus as 
a saviour, I can recognise he is Lord, but not accept him as Lord. It's our lives. In such a way that we will respond to, to his teaching, to those things that he calls us to do. So Father, as we remember this parable, the wise man building his house upon the rock and the foolish man building his house upon the sand. Lord, may we all be wise people from the youngest to the oldest. May every child in this room, every child in Christ, build their lives upon Jesus Christ and upon his word. So that in the final judgment day, the final day, we will be able to stand and we will stand all that's thrown at us at the judgment day, as well as the issues, the suffering and the challenges that we may experience in this age. So Lord, would you, would you cause us to respond to your word? And if, and if there are people here this morning who've never responded, Lord, would you cause them to respond in a new way this morning? In Jesus' precious name, amen.